evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop. I'm Ryland Turner, joined as always by Kyle Joseph. It's episode 13 of season four. Kyle, lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. And on lucky number 13, we're back. We're, we're doing yes. it live. We are. We are. We are back on Wednesday nights. We are going to try and make this as much of a habit as possible. And uh, as we mentioned on the last episode, we're doing a complete almost reformat of how we're going to deliver all of this dynamite goodness to you uh, week in and week out. Uh, Kyle, do you want to remind everybody or do you just want to get right into the news? Yeah, I'll remind everybody. Uh, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to go over a quick uh, recap of what happened. Uh, so we're just going to give you match results. We're not going to go into details. And we're going to give you basically the promos, uh, very basically who cut it and if there if there was a lot of, if there was something that development that came of it we'll tell you what they said but the most part what we are going to be focusing on is once we get through our match results Ryla and I are going to talk about the top 5 most memorable things from the show whether it be memorable in a good way or a bad way uh, we're going to be talking about uh, what happened on the show and what we thought about it going through just the things that we thought were the most important takeaways and we're going to disagree on certain things and agree on others and i think it'll be a good time yeah absolutely i think it's going to be a fun way to kind of deliver the results of the show without having to get into a long drawn out uh, uh diatribe of, of of promos and all that and it's going to make it concise and fun and and hopefully everybody likes the change uh um, by all means let us know but wait there are some things. I, actually, before we get into that, uh, did you want to talk about anything before the show? Yeah. So uh, this Saturday, myself and friend of the show Mick Holly are going to sit down and watch Ring of Honor: Death Before Dishonor. Uh, it's uh, it's looking like a really good show, Kyle. And uh, I don't want to really uh, let this one slip by. So uh, I'm gonna. He's gonna be joining me in the evening time uh, once the pay per view uh, completes, and we're gonna do a a quick show, and hopefully it'll be up before the end of the weekend. Um, but with all that being said, yeah, uh, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, it, it does look like a great show. We're going to talk about it over the course of this show because it got brought up a lot. But uh, if, there, if there were any matches that were sort of added and different things that they talked about, um, this was sort of the go-home show in some ways for it. At least the go-home dynamite. That's right. So... With all that said, some things have changed here, but some things will remain the same. We still have to talk about wrestling news, and how else are we going to do that without our good friend, the Wednesday Night Roundup? It's a Wednesday Night Roundup. All right, Rylan, it's time to round up, and huh, let's talk about Titus. Oh, yeah, I forgot we were going to talk about this. Holy fuck. Monday night. Oh, Monday night, Titus. Monday night, Titus. So, Titus O'Neil came opened out. Opened Raw. Opened yeah. Raw. Yeah, he opened Raw. The spot that had normally been saved for, for Vince McMahon of late, uh, they had it for Titus. The show was in, it was close to his hometown, correct? I believe it was Tampa. If, 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 I'm not sure if he's from there or just the surrounding area, but yeah. I believe it was in Tampa. So, yeah, that's that's at least something. He, boy, oh boy. So he talked about 
how WWE was a safe haven and uh, sort of praised their uh, praised their initiatives, and he said that the WWE doesn't talk about you know politics or religion or divisive subjects because WWE is a safe haven for uh, for everyone, and this is uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it like such a such a safe haven that we've seen the uh, CEO of the company uh, use the N word. Such a safe haven that we've seen blackface uh, on multiple occasions. Uh, such a safe haven that we've seen um, making uh, them making fun of uh, L- LGBTQ um, members of, of, of that. Uh, Part of of I don't, I don't, I'm losing words here, Kyle. Yeah. Needless to say, th- th- this is this making is making fun all of bullshit. people with disabilities. Yes, it's all bullshit because they've done this already. That they've this company has has skated by for the last fifty or so years on the fact that they have unfortunately uh, done a lot of shitty shitty things, and for them to just kind of send Titus O'Neil, like a lot of people think that he was sent, he's being sent out there to to basically what prep the world for the fact that we're going to get another Vince McMahon bombshell in the next few weeks. Yeah. I, that, that seems to be what, that seems to be what some people are saying. I don't know whether or not that's true, but regardless, it does feel like WWE trying to rewrite its history and using their most, you know, genuinely credible person to do it. Uh, kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. To, to say the very least, to say the very least, like I felt bad for Titus in this moment. And didn't you say that you had read a tweet somewhere about how this is going to look on him if this is another huge thing? Yes. And like, that's the thing. And if somebody was going to like, I mean, ugh. if something does happen, I hope none of this ends up making Titus look bad because he is WWE doesn't deserve him that's the shame of it is that he is like a genuinely great person and has been out as the best possible ambassador for the company and yeah they send him out here because they their own management team is incredible enough to deliver that message and that's what's what's really sad to me is ruin Stephanie McMahon would be the one delivering that message. Right. Where like why was it Titus? I think they wanted to play to the hometown. I think that that was a big part of it and he is he is over there. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it is I don't think they want uh, I mean like aside from Vince being defiant and going on TV and making weird references and what have you. I don't think they want any one of those guys on TV right now. Because I don't think that in the wrong city, that might blow up in their face. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, and I don't think there's much more to say about that. Stay tuned for more Vince McMahon shenanigans. Oh, there's a doubt, like... On one hand, I really wish this scan... I don't want it to go away. Because 
I hope there are consequences for these terrible actions. But it's just, it's really, it's sad. It's sad that this had to be the state of this company for so long. So we'll talk about uh, some happier news next. It does sound like Ryland that Kenny Omega is preparing for a return soon. Yeah, it would appear that these their plans in place for uh, in in ring in ring return. Jesus, um, eminently, and uh, that's always exciting. I mean, like uh, we are not uh, we are not anti Kenny Omega people. I mean, both of us are from his hometown, so. I mean, like, it's nice to have a hometown hero, aside from uh, the pain maker. Um, and, you know, the guess who and shit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, it, it's nice to see these. He's because, I mean, there have been reports that he wasn't ready. And, and I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I do hope that he's not rushing this. But uh, I, I'm excited to see Kenny Omega back. There are so many more dream matches that I have um in place that in my mind that I have yet to see. And, and I I'm excited to see that we, you know, we may be getting to that. Kenny Omega hasn't taken significant time off since he went from a new Japan to AEW. Right. So I am glad that he got the opportunity to take some time off. He's getting a chance to rest because, you know, like, and that is the thing is like, we talk about this for, for WWE a lot, but Kenny Omega is a guy who's getting older. And that doesn't mean that he's still not capable of great matches. We are seeing um, guys deep into their 40s work miracle matches. Oh, absolutely. Or wrestle so consistently great, like uh, AJ Styles, for example, wrestle so consistently great into his 40s that nobody notices that he is that old. Right. Um, but I think the, the big thing is we're talking about you know, the number of matches ahead of him is smaller than the number of matches behind him. And so hopefully he's going to get the opportunity to get the matches that he wants to have, get to face the opponents he wants to face, and gets to do what he wants to do in the business because, frankly, he's earned it. And, you know, he's in this position, the, the VP position, for a reason. I hope he's going to get the opportunity to uh, to elevate a few stars and to, yeah, to make... Uh, to make a lasting legacy on this company. Certainly, and, and with the video game eminently dropping as well, it's going to be interesting to see him. I mean, he's one of the big faces of that game, right? So uh, it's almost, uh, you know, perfect timing for him to be showing up, considering that what we were hearing a September to January release date. Somewhere in there. So speaking of people making their in-ring return. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Um, with a tear in my eye. Uh, no. So, Ric Flair is having his last match. We talked about this last week. We did. The match is confirmed. It is Ric Flair and his son, his new son-in-law, Andrade El, uh, El Idolo, will be facing Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Um, I don't know. I... So the card, we talked about the card for this show being great. I think there's enough, there's enough elements of this match that could be entertaining. They made a video of Jeff Jarrett attacking Ric Flair, and Ric Flair bled again. Um, I don't know. I'll let you, I'll let you talk about this, because I, I have very mixed feelings about all of this. 
I am anxiously trying to find a co-host to do to review this show with me. I I want to watch this this train wreck happen. Um, I anyone who listens to anything that we've done knows that this wouldn't be the first time we we uh, presented a thriller event. Um, but no, with that being said, like honestly, like uh, the, I think the most hilarious thing is this was the I, I was asking you off air uh, which match you were thinking. Uh, there was going to be blood in and you you think that there's going to be blood in this match and obviously with rick flair doing the blade job for the the promo video uh it's, it's looking more and more likely but did i not I, I don't know if you you caught this last night but i there are places you can bet on who blades first yes and and apparently uh jeff jarrett is the um is the one who who so far is is the favorite to to blade first um rick flair close second though like, I don't think Andrade or Jay Lethal need to bleed during this match. To be fair, I don't think any of them need to bleed, but I do think it's going Flair to Flair and Jarrett will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still not interested in this, eh? So, Jeff Jarrett has always been a wrestler. Like, let's remember that Jeff Jarrett, when I, you know, I've praised matches that Jeff Jarrett has been in before. Those matches are on our Rewind show from, you know, 2097. So, like, that was a long time ago. That's not to say, like, Jeff Jarrett's the type of guy who could probably still wrestle a Jeff Jarrett match, if that makes sense. Right. Like, he was never doing anything in the ring... That uh, at that time that was so uh, potentially out of his wheelhouse. Now, Elidolo and Jay Lethal are both great. Those sections of the match will be really good. I I don't know something about this. Like, how much can we expect Ric Flair to do? I don't know. I we're gonna find out. That's I think that's part of the draw, dude. I, I think part maybe. of the draw is to see where. He's at at 73 years old, but when he really and he really wants to do this. Right. So, like, I feel like he's probably d- done a decent job getting himself ready for it. He I've seen the I've seen the videos. He looks to be in like for 73 years old. Obviously, you're not going to look like, you know, a current AEW or WWE superstar. But like he looks like he's in decent shape for Ric Flair. Yeah. Like his arms are still huge. I don't know how, but I, and that's the thing is like. We'll see. He was never a wrestler who needed to do... A, like, he's going to have to be able to do the, the figure four. Um, He'll have a couple... I do... I do wonder if he has a flare flop left in him. Oh, absolutely. But, absolutely. But, like... Do you just, think he's doing that thing where they throw him to the turnbuckle and he goes over it backwards? No. Upside down? <laughs> I think we're, we're out of... We're... I think the bumps are going to be light in this one. I just—it just seems like, especially with the guys wrestling with him, they're going to want to be careful too. It's—it's it's so tricky. Maybe this is going to be really good, or like at least like enjoyable, and you know, a tribute to a guy who has been doing this forever. But I don't know. It's sort of—it's one of those things that like. If people tell me that it's good, I'll take their word for it, but I still don't have any inclination to go watch it, even knowing that, like, people said it was good. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Uh, that leads us to our last piece of news. And before we talk about the SummerSlam card, I did find it funny. Um, there was a report out that WWE was disappointed with the SummerSlam card that they booked. <laughs> like, do you, know what's, do you know what's crazy to me? I have a question. I'm actually curious. I want to play this game. I think I'm going to. Rylan. Kyle. When was the last time the Intercontinental title was defended on pay-per-view? Oh. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. The current title holder is Gunther, and before that was Ricochet, and before that was Apollo Crews? I think? I'm trying to think. I have no idea, Kyle. Lay it, lay it on. I'm still searching. Uh, give me a second. I'm, I'm going pay-per-view by pay-per-view. I still haven't found it. I'm... Was there one at the Rumble? I don't remember one at the Rumble. Do you? No. No, I don't remember anything from the Rumble. Nope. Um, so it wasn't there. Uh, did we get one at day one? Nope, wasn't one there. Um... Interesting. Survivor Series... Did they even have an... Okay, so the last time the Intercontinental Champion fought on a pay-per-view was Shinsuke Nakamura beat Damian Priest at Survivor Series on the pre-show. Oh my god. The last time the pay-per-view or the IC title was defended on a pay-per-view... See if we can find it. We're still looking. We're back into 2021 now, by the way. Uh, still no. Um, I'm going to keep looking. Uh, while I'm looking, I'll give you a match to talk about and see your feelings about this. Uh, speaking of, we'll talk about uh, United States Championship. Bobby Lashley's defending it against uh, Theory. He's still Austin Theory to me. I won't call a man by and that name. Like, that's ridiculous. Theory. His name is Theory. Yeah. His name is Theory. This is what happens, Rylan. Yeah, it is. Vince is nuts. Oh, man. Um, I'll give you another one to talk about. Um, Usos and Street Profits. I think that one's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, we get Ric Flair's last opponent as the special guest referee. It's a busy weekend for that guy. That it is. Uh, do you think the Usos are going to lose the title? No, I think we discussed this last night. Uh, I think this is where the Street Profits break up. Really? Uh, I think I'm... I mean, I'm probably close to there with you. It just feels... It feels odd to me. I guess that's where I'm at. Is I'm just not... I'm not quite there that... Uh, okay, we found it. The last time the Intercontinental title was on the line 
on a pay-per-view for WWE was WrestleMania 37, Apollo Crews beating the champion Big E in a Nigerian drum fight. That was the last That's time the it was last on pay-per-view? Well, that was the Holy last time that the, the title was on the line on pay-per-view. We've had another WrestleMania since then. Yep. Good lord. Uh, we've had Ricochet and and uh, Walter as the champions. And no, I know that's not his name, but come on. Yeah, I agree. Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. Thoughts? I think the match will be good. It's just, do I care? Not really. Those two are both very talented. I. So here's the problem. We're in a position where I think both those guys need a win, don't they? I, yeah, and I feel like it's going to Rollins. I, I, I don't see Riddle coming out of this with the victor, or being the victor, rather. Uh, he's a guy who I feel like the crowd kind of treats him like Teflon, and he'll bounce back from that, especially if Randy comes back uh, sooner rather than later. Um, but I, I do feel, though, that when Randy comes back, it's time for that match. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. I think we, we, we disagree on this. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's, I think it's going to be bad. Like, so the Pat McAfee matches that we've seen so far have been against guys who have been athletic, if not peers, then like better athletes than Pat McAfee. Theory was better athlete than Pat McAfee. Adam Cole obviously was an absolute pro. He was in the, um, the War Games match. Yeah, there. the War Games match, but he was surrounded by, you know, elite talent and that. Happy Corbin is a... Happy Corbin is good, but the kind of match I think we're going to get is... I, we're going to get a lot of, like, Pat McAfee getting pushed around by the bigger guy and then having to rally, and I think ultimately Happy Corbin's going to beat him. It's possible. Uh, I'm just pumped to hear White Stripes in a big arena again. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a mark. I'm a mark for white stripes. Logan's Paul and The Miz. I think this is going to be shit. I think this is going to be because I, like, I don't see The Miz as a one on one guy to go in there with a celebrity and be able to like have a convincing match. And I will say we we both said at this when we reviewed this past year's WrestleMania that he looked impressive. Paul did. Yeah. Like he, he didn't he didn't look like he didn't know what he was doing. And he, he said that he didn't put he didn't, you know, do necessarily a lot of training for it. It was just, you know, they worked out some stuff and that was that. So, I mean, I don't like this kid. OK, I don't want to I don't want to, like, be one of those people, but I don't like this kid. I, I don't. I don't like him. I don't like his brother. I can't wait to see his brother get knocked out. Like, that's that's my that's my one of my drives in life. But if he's good, then he's signed a contract with them like. I still think that the, the the best thing they could do is put him on NXT and hope that his following follows them over there and boosts that rating. Uh, I don't think he's he's not going to show up every week. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, that that's that's there's that there's that. Um, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. I think that this is going to be this is a difficult one. Yeah, because I really don't want Ronda to beat her. I really don't. But I also. Like the way they've presented Ronda, would you, if this if this was Liv Morgan going for the title and not being the champion, would you think that she would beat her? No. So I, that's 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 my thing. Is like I am not convinced that 
you know, Liv Morgan is... Here's the thing. If you book yourself into a corner, you have to book... Like, for me, I think what's going to happen is I think they're going to have to do... Uh, they're going to be in a situation where this is going to have to DQ. Oh, God. I think Rousey's going to DQ. Liv will win. She'll get to keep her title, and she'll get the win in addition to that so that we don't have, like... Ronda Rousey tra- challenging for the title again. Or maybe someone will attack Rousey or something and it'll just be some schmoz finish. But I think I don't think I don't think Liv beats Ronda Rousey cleanly. And I don't see Rousey winning the title. I don't see Liv losing it this quickly. I, I hope you're right. I do I really do hope you're right. But what you know what I really don't want either though? I don't want Liv to roll her up. Because that's how she won the title. I don't want it to be one of those victories. I want her to beat her definitively. Sure. You need to make Liv Morgan. And you can do that at the expense of Ronda Rousey because Ronda, Ronda Rousey can be turned into a monster whenever you want. Yeah. Also, and she's not even a heel right now. No, so, and that's, like, that's the other the thing, thing is that I do think they should get to heal Ronda Rousey. The yeah, way and to I do that, that might be to have her batter Liv, but the problem with doing that is that then, you know, she can claim that she wants another chance. And I don't... This should not continue. Have Rousey chew through other people. I agree. 100%. I, take her to Raw. Put her on Raw. Sure. Um, What's the over-under that we get uh, friendly Ronda for, I want to say, the first seven to nine minutes of this match, and after that we get that... All of a sudden, she's angry. Like, what do you think? How 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 likely you think that's going to happen? I think we're going to get serious, Rhonda. I think like okay, okay. I think she's going to want to like. I think she, I think this is going to be a match where the majority of it is Rhonda beating up Liv. Fair enough. Fair enough. But is she, like the the thing about Liv Morgan is what more does she have to do? Like those matches with Becky Lynch were great. Yeah, they were. She has she's earned this opportunity. You put the belt you like you did the thing where you put the belt on her. And you had her pin Rhonda too. So it's yes. not like you just had her pin anybody. Like not and it would be I feel I feel like don't get me wrong, like Bianca her pinning Bianca would have been whatever, but Rhonda's different. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the celebrity pre, you know, yeah. WWE, but it's it's almost like a holy shit you beat like a legit fighter, um, yeah. And again, no no disrespect to Bianca, she's one she's probably the most legit athlete in the company, but it's different. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, speaking of Bianca, she is facing Becky Lynch. I think this feud needs to end too. I think it needs to end, but I think this will be phenomenal. I feel like this is going to be just as good as their WrestleMania match, and they haven't revisited it for six months. So no, like, they haven't. and and like we that was like. That that was potentially the female match or the yeah the women's match of the year for me. Still, nothing's nothing's come close to it yet. So maybe maybe SummerSlam will will try and try and touch it. But uh, yeah, I I, don't, I think this will be good. I'm I'm I I love both these ladies. Bianca has honestly grown into such a star. Like this woman is made. One hundred percent. Like I don't feel like there's a moment where she goes back down anymore. She's just main event. She's the main event star. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, last man standing. Can you? Here's my question for you. <laughs> Not is the match going to be good. Can you be brought to care? 
Uh, honestly, I haven't seen any of the build. I know that they're both. It's like this is now you've got part time Roman and part time Brock, and they're your main event. And it's like and there's no mid card. Yeah. Or your mid card is one guy. Yeah. It's your mid card is theory. Um, I feel like we're also going to be getting Edge and the Mysterios against the, the the Judgment Day because next week Raw's an MSG, and uh, the likelihood is Edge is returning. He's the promos have been airing for the last few weeks. Yeah, with blood, they've been airing with blood. Kyle is TV for that's the other thing we we kind of skated past yeah, this. Raw matter. is apparently going. Well, no, yes, I know, but just the idea that Raw is going to TV fourteen and that. It was not a WWE decision. USA has been pushing for this. It It is going to get the people who want the Attitude Era back to watch for one week, not get the Attitude Era, and then go away again. Right. Do you think blood comes back? Yes. I do. Because I think... I think enough of the wrestlers want to bleed. <laughs> Has... Has it dawned on you that they get Cody Rhodes back within six months? Yes. They're like, he tweeted, all right, we're blading He tweeted again. a winky face on, like, the day all this was announced. <laughs> so, like, we're all in on the joke. Um, Cody, Cody Rhodes doesn't need to bleed ever again. I don't need to keep saying this. His arm was purple. Yeah. His chest was purple. Yeah. He fought with a purple chest. Why would you ever need to bleed again? Anyway. He wants his he wants his forehead to look just like his dad's. Oh man, love Dusty Rhodes, but my God, that guy had a roadmap for a forehead. All right, uh, I think that's all we've got for for the the uh, the rewind. Let's get into the show proper. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> the roundup. You mean? Oh yeah, the roundup. <laughs> all right, so results from AEW Dynamite. This week, Brody King defeated uh, Darby Allen in the opening match. Blackpool Combat Club, consisting of John Moxie and Wheeler Yuta, beat the Best Friends, which uh, they did note that Daniel Garcia was watching from the back because he'll be facing Wheeler Yuta in the at the ROH show. Swerve in Our Glory had a championship celebration that involved Smart Mark Sterling. Uh, a rapper and uh, yeah, a rapper punching punt Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling getting cake thrown in his face. Uh, I won't talk. I don't need to talk about this further. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus defeated the Varsity Blondes. Jungle Boy made his return, and Luchasaurus seemingly sided with him when he stood aside and let Jungle Boy chase Christian Cage off with a chair. The Gun Club cut a promo where they said the Austin Gun is going to battle Max Caster in a rap battle on Rampage. So feel free to check that out if you're interested. Ricky Starks defended his FTW title against Cole Carter, picking up a win in Carter's AEW debut. He then called out anybody on the roster who wants to face him, and Danhausen took up the challenge, which will be uh, next week on Dynamite. FTR cut a promo in anticipation of their ROH match against the Briscoes. Jay Lethal had a promo talking about his impending match with Samoa Joe. Uh, Also in that segment, 
Christopher Daniels came up and challenged Jay Lethal to a match on Rampage. Jay Cargill and Kira Hogan defeated Athena and Willow Nightingale. What was originally supposed to be a triple threat match, Chris Statlander was banned from the ring as a result of Stokely Hathaway. And yeah, they kind of teased a little bit of dissension between the two teams in the promo. Or yes. be- between uh, Athena and uh, and Chris Statlander, but just a little. And finally, Chris Jericho defeated Eddie Kingston in the um, barbed wire everywhere match. We'll get into it. Kingston stood tall at the end of the show. So it's time to talk about top five. I think we both have an honorable mention. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll go first. Sure. Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley versus Best Friends was a good match. I will say it was interesting to see Best Friends playing the heels in the match, where they were really beating on Wheeler Yuta for a lot of it. Yuta did end up picking up the pin, uh, getting a nice sort of uh, wrap-up backpack, um, did some arm twisting and managed to roll up. I want to say Trent, but I'm not sure. And yeah, it was a good match. John Moxley, the, the classic John Moxley stuff. And Yuta was beat up a lot, but he managed to battle out of it, including a, a spot where he kicked out of uh, power bo- or uh, pile drivers from both members of Best Friends. But yeah, it was a pretty good match. What was your honorable mention? Uh, mine was uh, Ricky Starks versus Cole Carter for the FTW title. Um I, full disclosure, uh, I unfortunately was late to Dynamite tonight, and I didn't have time to watch the first hour uh, after afterwards uh, before we started recording. So uh, that was the first match I came into, and I thought it was really good. I, Ricky Starks, number one, his theme song, front runner for theme song of the year uh, for me. Like I really love this tune, um, and I just feel like every time I see Ricky Starks, I like him more and more and more and more. His stuff, uh, walking on the ropes while doing his like strut is great. Uh, just as all his offense is awesome. Um, so, uh, I'm again, and it, the, the promo with, uh, with, with Dan house and afterwards was great. So I'm looking forward to next week. So let's get into our top five. Uh, I will go first. My number five is Brody King versus Darby Allen, the opening match. This was what you would expect. Brody King was just an absolute bruiser in this particular contest. Also, and, and Darby Allen did try to get some hope spots in, but I mean, all of the chokes, tossing him around, some of the clubbing blows, those chops. I can't believe how many chops Darby Allen took in that match. It was a violent affair. It led to the House of Black getting one over on Sting, which is rare to see Sting um, get knocked down a peg, but he ended up getting misted by Malachi Black after the match. I thought this was a good way to build up some stuff for the Blackpool Combat Club. They're clearly setting something up between them and Sting's whoever Sting's group happens to be. And I'm excited. It, I feel like Malachi Black getting to be the passing of the guard for, like, creepy uh, anti-hero seems like a pretty a pretty cool torture him to be passed. Yes, definitely. 
What was your number five? My number five was the women's tag team match. I thought uh, all four ladies looked really good in it. Uh, Willow Nightingale. Uh, not enough can be said. We're going to talk about this a little bit more when we get because I have it a little bit higher. Right, right. But yeah, this was a real. That was a really good match, and we're uh, we're going to get into we're going to get into it and sort of talk about uh, that division as a whole. I think. Right. So my number four was Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho, barbed wire everywhere. This match was chaos. It was violent. It was bloody. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho were both willing to do some truly, you know, depraved things with this razor wire. They both got caught in it at different points, going through tables with it, getting tossed into the ropes. We also saw in the middle of the match a heel turn, making an official Anna Jay has reunited with Ty Conti and his heel, which allowed them to get control of the shark cage and allow the Jericho Appreciation Society to get involved in the match. And eventually, Sammy Guevara came out and got involved in the match himself. This was just a violent, bloody affair, and I think we're going to talk about. But we're going to talk about the actual ending of the match uh, when we get to uh, something higher, because I do. I think Rylan has it a little bit higher. The ending. Of this I match. do. I do. I, I have. I have some thoughts about this match. Uh, I do too. So, what is your number four? My number four is this uh, Miro uh, moment with the House of Black. Um, like, this has got to be the eventual babyface turn. I feel like Miro coming out to save Darby Allen and Sting is is it, don't, and don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like we could totally be swerved and he could attack them after and whatever. And the thing about it is that so I do want to point out he didn't come down to save them today. He no, came he out and distracted them and walked down to the ramp and just sort of both sides were staring each other down. But it does seem to be building to something. It's just hard to say what yet. Right. And again, like, I, I understand that, like, this guy works very well as a, a heel and a monster. But, like, this guy has so much more than that. Like He, he, was, is... he was the biggest baby face in WWE for a while. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Even when they booked, tried to book him heel. And, and and at the end of the day, like, you got to capitalize on this moment while you have it. And I feel like, I, like you said, he didn't come to save them this week. But eventually, I think he is. And when he does, I feel like we're getting a huge, huge, huge uh, reaction for him, number one. And again, this is the perfect time to make this guy a babyface. Like, it, just do it. Because he's not, it's not, the, the heel stuff with this guy is, is right now is people love him, they don't hate him. And not to say that heels always necessarily need to be hated, but like, you can appreciate a good heel. But like, this guy is, is a baby face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's challenging God. <laughs> he's challenging God. Oh, it's, he has been fantastic. One of those things that, He's done everything that he's needed to do in AEW, and it was a slow build to get him to be the star that he he was in AEW, but there was never doubt in my mind that he was going to get there. Right. And boy, he's there now. I do like him being a heel first, even in AEW. I like his opportunity to build up as this, you know, absolute monster uh, getting the opportunity to hold the, the TNT championship while he did was really good. He had some killer matches there. 
But yeah, it'll be exciting. My number three was that women's tag team match. Willow Nightingale is the best dork. <laughs> and I love it. She's just running around the ring. She's so excited to be there. Like, she was really good in the match. Athena was her usual great self in the match. Jake Cargill is so impressive. Yeah, she every, every time I see her now, she gets better and better. And, and Kira Hogan held her own, too. She was sort of the one who was meant to be beat up in a lot in this match, but she held her own as well. Uh, Stokely Hathaway is obviously, you know, a joy. And yeah, I, I don't know what to say about this. It was really good. Jay Cargill gets the pin on Willow Nightingale in the end, which I think was going to be the result that we were always looking for. Athena and Jay Cargill seem to be continuing to go at it. Athena seems to be the person who's going to be challenging for Jade Cargill's title. Does she take it from her? I, I mean, I think it's possible. I think it's possible, but like, I also feel like Chris Statlander screwing her is, is also very possible. I think that's possible, too. Except Stat's such a, such a baby face. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. But you said earlier that they're, they're, they tease tension. They did. And, and, yeah, we saw it, and we'll see what happens. Now, she did point out, she said basically that she should chase the, the other women's titles which Thunder Rose is holding right now. But right. we will see. Uh, I feel like that that already has a direction, so it's going to be interesting to see where we end up with this. I, I do think that it's going to be Athena. I don't know if it'll be her first attempt, though. I could see you being right on that. I could see, I think, I think... Cargill escapes, and then Athena gets her the second time. Well, uh, whenever that second time happens to be. Probably, you know, the pay-per-views are always a couple months apart, and then they AEW loves having their big TV shows. So we could see it, you know, pay-per-view loss, and then, you know, major TV show win a month and a half later. Battle of the Belts is coming, too. Yeah. So let's, let's not forget about those. Yeah. What was your number three? Uh, my number three is in the same realm. Uh, Jade Cargill on the right way to the ring cut a that bitch promo. And this was the best one. Confidence. Uh, while she walks, like this woman speaks with, you know, bravado and everything, everything you want in a pro wrestling heel. And she like like we've, we've talked about, she gets better and better every time I see her. Uh, this match ended up being very good. And uh I, I'm looking forward to just to, uh, continuing to be able to watch her, her progression because she's somebody who has taken to this industry uh, unbelievably quick. And adding Stokely hasn't hurt her ability to cut a promo because she's clearly still in charge. Right. Like Stokely is, Stokely is the mouthpiece, but he's not in charge. It's very clear that Jade is still in charge. And... If he betrays her, she will pump kick him to the moon. Which I'm, I'm kind of here for. Let's move on to number two. My number two, Rylan, Jungle Boy's back. And he is. So, Christian was wa my brother Christian was watching a little bit of this show with me. And he said something that I agree with. And he said, I really would have liked to see the match between Jungle Boy and, Luch and Luchasaurus. Right. 
And I agree with him. I would have liked to see that match too. I don't know that Luchasaurus is fully face again. He's still got the weird costume and everything. And he didn't join Jungle Boy insofar as he just let Jungle Boy chase off Christian Cage. Right. I'm interested to see where we end up going with this. Obviously, we're going to get the match between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage, and it's going to be great. Those two both can wrestle, and both wrestle very similarly. Yeah, like that we've seen glimmers of this in the, the Battle Royale from months ago. Yep. Um, like, th- this is going to be great. Um, I, I don't know when we're going to get it, but I look forward to it uh, no matter what. But I do, I do think to not have some interaction between, like a negative interaction between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, I still feel like to me might be a little bit short-sighted. Even if it was just short. Even if like Luchasaurus turned on Christian Cage eventually, I think those two would be really good at wrestling each other. And, you know, Jungle Boy having to be, you know, to rally to bring his friend back, I feel like would be would be really good. Yeah. But maybe that's just me. Rylan, your number two is also, I agreed with your number two, I think, as well. Uh, a little disappointment. Yeah, so Jericho won that match. And uh, so the ending of the match was Eddie Kingston had wrapped barbed wire around his hand to hit Chris Jericho with the spin, or uh, tried to hit him with the sort of spinning fist. Um, Sammy Guevara, after there was already a bunch of fighting between the Jericho Appreciation Society and Eddie Kingston's sort of group. Kingston ends up getting attacked by Sammy Guevara and uh, Chris Jericho ends up getting the victory with a juice effect. With barbed wire juice effect. Right. I, you know, the, the in-ring in this match was exciting. Uh, the, the the concept, I feel like, is something they could go back to with two other guys and, and, and have just as much fun with it. But... Jericho didn't need this win. Again, I I understand that Kingston beat him already, but he didn't need the win. He's a bigger star than Eddie Kingston is, and I think this match is not meant to make Chris Jericho. It doesn't need to be that. Um, And and also, it just kind of feels like the feud is still going now. Yeah. Like, here's my thing. I had had a few gripes with this match. Number one, Ty Conti and, and Sammy Guevara should have been in the shark cage. Like... That they are a part of that faction. They were announced as members of that faction. Therefore, they should have been in the shark cage. So that's a big thing that I feel like they just kind of glossed right over. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand they needed to pl- play out that ending, but you could have just had Anna J show up and attack Ruby Soho. You and could have. It would. Everyone. The announcers would have been able to make it make sense, right? You could have had that. And and that's my thing. Is like I just feel like some of this stuff was really sloppily done. Um, I'll also like, I don't know, man, like, uh, you, the one thing that I felt while watching the matches was I wanted camera cuts to like 2.0 and having them just screaming at Jericho, like getting put through barbed wire, whatever, like that, I feel like would have been hilarious. Uh, and there wasn't enough of that at all. So, uh, I don't know. This, there were a few just hiccups in this match. I feel like Jericho didn't need the win and yeah, it just for me just didn't really didn't really sit well. Well, that was a kind of a, a weird feeling to, to leave dynamite. So I I'm with you 100. percent And the weird thing about it was that 
if you're going to have Eddie Kingston stand tall, after the match, Eddie Kingston threw Jericho into a barbed wire spiderweb that was off the, uh, on the outside. And that was the scene Jericho trapped in this barbed wire bed that we sort of went out on. If you're going to have Eddie Kingston stand tall, have him win the match. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's that thing too. It's just like what what did what does Jericho need the win for? And if it's it's if it's like backstage politicking, then like ugh. ugh. And, and like there's enough things to think about with Jericho that are already ugh. And then the thing about it, like for me, ultimately is like it means if this is still going, like barbed wire has to be the end. You would think you would think that blood and guts would be the end, Kyle. Yeah, but I'm like. If they were going to go beyond because they needed to have that one-on-one blow-off match, barbed wire has to be the end. You would hope. You can't go past barbed wire. Well, there was that thing where the, the announcers were really playing into the fact that Eddie Kingston may have legitimately hurt his hand. Yes. So there's that. I mean, maybe this will be the end because of that. Maybe. Number one, we both agreed. Rylan, do you want to talk about this? The FTR, the FTR promo. Um, we didn't get the Briscoes, which we speculated going into this promo because we watched the second half of the show together. Yeah. We speculated that they may show up. They didn't. And I'm kind of happy they didn't. Like, this was... They didn't need it. No. This was amazing. You had, uh, like, we could talk about Cash's side of it, and he cut a very passionate side of that promo. But when Dax started talking about his daughter, like, I feel like this crowd was slowly but surely getting just pulled in. And the way he delivered every single line, this guy is an amazing star. Like the fact that he's in a tag team and and the best tag team in the world. Uh, and and like I mean, we've seen glimmering moments of his solo uh, or his solo uh, skill in the last yeah. few months with the tournament and, and matches with Punk and what have you. Um, I, when Punk gets back, I want these guys together. Yeah, I like I just it. it makes sense. Punk doesn't have backup yet, and, and FTR is the perfect guys to back him up. I, I uh, but, but 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 uh, 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 that being said, though, no, this this was almost tear jerking. You know what I mean? Like you felt this crowd feel this, mm. and and this match on Sun or on Saturday, I can't be more pumped for it. So, what Dax Harwood revealed was that his daughter, when she was five years old they found that she had a hole in her heart and that she was going to have to, you know, work hard and, and battle to have the opportunity to close it or otherwise she would need to get open heart surgery, which, of course, is, you know, kind of difficult for for a child, let alone a, a grown adult, it's, you know. Heart surgery. It's literally heart surgery. Right. Um, and she did, and, and her the hole in her heart was closed when she was eight. Which is how she is now. Which got a, a Austin level pop. Yeah, and the the lines he said, "I'm going to fight like an eight year old girl," was just oh, chef's kiss. Yes, um, I thought this like this was brilliant. These two got man, how did WWE not miss on these guys? These guys are this. It, Anybody at the end of this year who says that FTR isn't their team of the year, you're lying. You're lying yeah. to yourself. You're lying to the wrestling fans. No one's beating them. No. They are the best. It's already over. And yes. 
they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have this match against the Briscoes. I do hope they win it, but you know, whatever happens, like this, this has been the year of FTR, and I'm excited to see what the rest of this year holds. Because I, I agree. Yeah, there's so, and that's the other thing is that them and uh, Swerve and Lee would be fantastic. Yes, yes, it would. And then you've also got, you know, your 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 third match with the Bucks. Like you've got to get yeah. to that as well. And and uh, there's there's so much. There's so much for them to do. And there's a lot of other teams in this division. Like uh, Starks and Hobbs are are growing in this division. Uh, obviously, you got a lot of the factions. You know, your your Lucha Bros faction, your House of Black faction. You could have them challenge for Titan. Like there's so many matches you could set up. That would be fantastic. Uh, I uh, I 100% agree. Number one, uh, but but I want to also say in contrast, I, I I'm noticing a lot of female tag teams in AEW lately. Yes, I hope. And this is the other thing. Please give them a tag title. I agree. You have great you have great tag team wrestling all throughout your company. You have a bunch of like you have. You're literally putting together Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa, two people you would expect to fight each other for the championship. They're not. You've given them a name. You've given them Thunderstorm. You have the Baddies Club. You have Anna Jay and Ty Conti now. You have this tr- this triumvirate of Statlander, Athena, and Willow Nightingale. You have Britt Baker and her group. Yes, it, it, there's there's room for everyone. That's a lot of teams. And there's and there's yeah, more. That's probably more teams than, than Raw and SmackDown have combined right now. Yes, and like you could use them and have a tag title, and then you could have other stuff going on than the two titles. Yeah, you have a third one to play with, and have teams forming and building, and alliances and all of that stuff. Maybe Serena Deeb wants to chase a tag title. I Maybe see. Mercedes Martinez is somebody she wants to bring along. Uh, well, they, they're they're having a match against each other at uh, Ring of Honor. Yes, they, they, they are. They, they, uh, their team has been broken up. Uh, Maybe, I, uh, yeah. Maybe Julia Hart can convince somebody else to join the House of Black. There you go. Like, um, I, I do. Before we get out of here, I do want to talk a little bit about like we we like I mentioned off the top of the show. I am doing a a Ring of Honor review this weekend, but if anyone has the opportunity, please go check out their road to. It is so, so well done. And I'm talking like like the 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 feud between Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal uh, that has been going on for what seems like forever now um, really has not had a lot of like build because Joe hasn't been there. Um, However, this changes everything. This, this changes everything. Like they, they have obviously old Ring of Honor footage of Jay Lethal winning the pure title and then Joe beating him and how he brought him in and he was like, kind of like his his you know trainee and what have you. Uh, this was so good. Uh, on top of that, you get a sit down with the Briscoes and FTR. Uh, you get a sit down with Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta, Mercedes Martinez, and uh, I will say the Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb one. It looked like they they both have been in Ring of Honor it, during matches and periods of time or in the early days. Um, 
but it looked like they were just playing loops of the same match over and over and over again. So they, <laughs> I think they, they were just like, they, they, they started it with um, Ian Riccoboni going, they're trailblazers in Ring of Honor. And I'm just like, their women's division is very fresh. It's very fresh. And I feel like Tony Khan uh, has the best hands for it right now. Uh, but no, and, and of course, your, your Jonathan Gresham's uh, Claudio Castagnoli match. Like this, this has got a great promo package as well. So... Like, please go check that out. If you're if you're going to watch the show this weekend, you need to watch this. Even you, Kyle, like you need to watch this. I'm, I'm probably going to check it out. Uh, overall, I think this show gets a four for me. There's there is a there was some stuff I didn't love, but overall, the match quality was very high throughout, and I I'm excited about some of the stuff we're building to. Here's a question for you. I'm going to throw this out as the last sort of the last topic to, uh, to touch on. Sure. If Downhausen loses uh, to Ricky Starks, do we potentially get Hook? Are they going to send Hook after the FTW title? I, you know what? Now that you bring that up, I feel like that's probably the direction. That's probably the direction they're going. Um, Alright, well, uh, enough speculation aside, Rylan, why don't you tell the people where they can find us on social media? If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at WN Wallop. On Instagram, we are just simply WN Wallop. On Facebook, we are Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. It's in black and gold. That's how you know it's us. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. The Sports Report is coming back. I'm 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 behind severely. Uh, work has been I hell. We, I think we need an all-star break uh, update to MLB. Sure, we definitely need to do that. So I might have to throw out the bat sig- uh, signal to uh, Nate Milton. Although I do need him for something else too soon too. So <laughs> I, I may I, I may just have that be the two of us um, just to save him because you know how Nate is. You you got to save yeah. him. Um, no, with all that being said, though, uh, Kyle, where can they find you on the social media? Uh, they can find me at KJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Uh, before you send this out, Rylan, I forgot to ask, what did you rate uh, Dynamite this week? Uh, being that I only saw an hour of it, I'm going to give it a three. Uh, it just, like the, the like I said, there were, I had a lot of problems with the main event. I really like the women's tag match, um, and I really like Ricky Starks, but um, that's that's pretty much all we got in the last hour that I felt like was really notable. But minus the, the promo, which was great, but uh, not enough to get it over more than a three. Okay, awesome. Uh, why don't you send the people home then? <sighs> with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, You have been walloped. See ya. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.